0: Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy MacMillan, and I'm joined today by Stephanie Laura Burse. Each week I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations. Because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. This is the second interview in a self-care series called Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out, where we will talk about journaling, self-awareness, mindfulness, forgiveness, limiting beliefs, creativity, boundaries, and joy. We will use these topics as a springboard into a deeper self-care discussion I'm super excited to dig deep with my guests and start building our self-care foundation brick by brick. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. I'm delighted you are here and thanks for hanging out with me. I can't wait to share today's guest with you. Stephanie is the anxiety and empowerment coach for entrepreneurs looking to make a big impact on the world. She left her secure education career in 2018 for the adventure and freedom of entrepreneurship and never looked back. Her mission is to help other entrepreneurs overcome anxiety and fear and step into their power to scale their business beyond their wildest dreams. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited you're here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yeah, and I want to start off with the same question that I ask everybody, because it's my favorite question. And I just love the vast array of answers that people give me. So what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally, or in your business?
1: It's funny, because personally, and my business have a lot of overlaps, I feel like I kind of live in it sometimes. (laughs) And um, honestly, it's, It's something I have really realized in the last couple of years that there are seasons for everything. You know, there's seasons where we have more energy. There's seasons where we have to retreat a little bit and really dive deep into some personal work. There's seasons where, you know, so that's like our personal winter and then the summer where we come forward and you know, just are like lit up about things. And and once you really allow those seasons to start to flow through your life is when you're able to really navigate on such a much more powerful level and not try to like be forcing against something when you're really just not in the right season for it, you know?
0: That makes a lot of sense because sometimes we can be in a season and we want to like force everything to be a certain way and that flow just doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes.
1: And energy, you know, people can people can tell when you're not really in it, when maybe it's not the right time for something. And that's when we can, especially business-wise, become so frustrated about like, why isn't this working? When we don't realize we're trying to force something that's just not ready yet. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So on your website, you offer a bad bitch boot camp. So I would love to hear your story and your journey to coaching women to embody in their inner bad bitch. What I, I was just gonna say, Stephanie. I'm sorry when I read that, I was like, oh, I gotta hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, it is such a passion passion project for me right now because and this came from a personal realization first, where I really started to uncover something that started to come to call the good girl complex, which is where, you know, that conditioning that we go through as women, sometimes it's the way we're raised. Sometimes it's just society as a whole that has taught us to sit down and be quiet and don't take up too much space and, you know, reach for the stars. But then at the same time, it's like, ooh, ooh, but don't rock the boat too much. <laughs> it's like, all of these double standards and, um, and ways that it's just really kept us as women from being able to feel free to embrace our fullest potential. So the bad bitch boot cramp and, you know, some of the, the other programs that I have that are coming down the line are really designed to first off identify where the good girl complex is holding us back. And so, you know, for me personally, it was a lot of you know learning over the course of my life that i'm too loud i'm too much i'm i'm too this and i needed to tone it down and and i realized that none of that was actually my truth so your inner bad bitch is that part of you that that's your inner truth. It's who you truly are connecting to that part of yourself that is unapologetic, free, um, excited about life, you know, pursues the relationships that feel good to her. She sets boundaries, which is so important. And, you know, there's, there's a lot more that falls under that too. She's able to fully hold space for her emotions and, You know, express herself in whatever way feels right. And that's really what we do in that transition from kind of identifying and healing the complex first and then shifting our energy to step into who we ultimately are at our core.
0: It almost sounds like, um, as I'm hearing you talk, that embodying our our inner bad bitch is really being in integrity with who we already are.
1: Integrity and alignment, absolutely
0: yeah now is that a, is that a new program that you've got going or have you been doing that particular boot camp for a while?
1: The boot camp is relatively new um in this this construct in the last couple months so the beginning of 2021 saw a big shift sort of in my business to a lot more about, Empowerment and the anxiety and fear is still there because when we start to disengage from the way that we've been doing things our whole life, there's a lot of anxiety that can come up with that. Well, you know, even if our comfort zone isn't a fun place to be, it's what we know. And anytime that we start to change what we know to call in something new, even if it's better, it can still feel scary to our system. So there's still a lot of you know, that, that can come up, that's a part of my programs as well.
0: You know, Stephanie, I have a girlfriend that we've kind of been on our, um, our journey together over many years, and we'll, we'll get together and we'll be talking and we'll be saying, oh my gosh, why is it so hard to grow? Why is it so scary to grow? But that's the, that's the only way to, for, for me to live my life is just to continue that growth.
1: Yes. And it's so important. And, you know, I think that people, when they they think about personal growth and things, they imagine that it has to be this like giant realization one after another and huge earth shattering movements and things, but like really the magic with growth and with transforming your life happens in the small moments and the baby steps that you take just how do I move the needle forward 1% for myself today? And that's how you build that foundation, you know?
0: Oh, I love that. Well, I want to talk a little bit about self-awareness. Now, self-awareness is that ability to see ourselves clearly without having any kind of expectations, being being in integrity and being honest with ourselves, So we know how important that is, but how do we develop that?
1: Such an important question because it's so easy to say, self-awareness, pay attention, like, you know, get to know yourself, but it's hard to self-start if you've never really done that before. And we were actually just talking about this in the Bad Bitch Bootcamp this past week, which I love that this came up now, of course. And a new way of starting to look at things is, um, you know, we call it becoming a curious observer of your own life. Because so often when we try to start becoming more self-aware, we take a look at ourselves, and our first snap instinct is to just judge. Oh my God, why do I do that? Why am I thinking this? What's wrong with me? You know, all of this like heaviness that we can put on ourselves. And becoming a curious observer is literally like bird watching your own life. It's quietly taking a step (laughs) back (laughs) and just witnessing without that judgment and shame and self-pressure. That's all it is. And once you can sort of, you know, not, I'm not saying detach, like disassociate from, you know, your your life and, and paying attention, but just detach from that judgment piece and just witness yourself. Like, what thoughts am I thinking? How am I acting in these certain situations? And then curiously asking yourself, well, why do I do that? You know, where did that thought come from? And kind of tracing it almost like backwards Hansel and Gretel, like the the breadcrumbs going backwards to (laughs) where something may have come from. And paying attention to, is there a memory that's associated with this? Is there a fear that comes up with this when I really think about it? And just starting to be more aware of those things, because that's what's going to tell you so much that you need to know about how things kind of got to where they are right now, and what you may need to focus on to shift it moving forward.
0: Right before you and I got on the call today, I was writing my intention out about what I wanted for the for this episode. And curious was one of the words that I wrote down. So oh, I'm so it. glad I'm so glad we're just we're like in tune here. <laughs> it's so perfect. Just talking about self-awareness just a little bit more, like in the inner um bitch boot camp. Is there one specific exercise or one specific way for somebody to get started? And I know you said kind of tracing it back, which I love that. But do you give an exercise that somebody who's maybe not ever done this type of work, they're really coming new into self-development that they could do?
1: Yes. Um, I'm really, really big exercise-wise on journaling. Um, And I know that you mentioned that that's, that's a part of things here as well. And I was so happy about that because there's so much that we can glean from spending that time. And when I say journaling, you know, it it feels restrictive to people sometimes when they're like, well, I don't like to write. I don't like journaling gets to be whatever you want it to be. Um, I have a client right now that her favorite way to journal is by talking out voice notes to herself and just letting herself tap into speaking in that way alone because she hates writing. And, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, writing it down, typing it out if you want to. And a big piece of the bad bitch bootcamp is actually, we have daily journaling prompts that get my, uh, my clients thinking about, you know, some of those underlying questions, whether it's that curious observer or identifying pieces of the, um, the complex, like a big one is figuring out, it's just an example figuring out who you're waiting for permission from in order to live your life out loud. And this was one of the most activated journal questions. The women in in my group were responding like in the comments and sharing. It was so cool to see because that was a big one for people. And it wasn't until they started to really you know, journal out or talk out or however they got to their realizations that they could figure out, oh, I didn't even realize this was attached to, you know, a belief I have about how my mother wants me to do things or, you know, whatever else it may be there. And so journaling is so freeing and it's like a direct connection to your unconscious and it's going to help you really uncover these things.
0: I will go back and, and read journals from a few years ago and I will, and I will sometimes think, where was I in my life then? Because I feel like, you know, everything has changed so much. But, may, but it's me who's changed so much, you know. Yep. So I, I love going back and, and reading old journals and everything.
1: Oh, it's such a powerful, especially to be able to give yourself credit for how far you've come. Because, you know, again, we're our own just like heaviest and worst critics sometimes. And so like you look at something where it is now and say, man, why aren't I further? Why haven't I done this, this or this yet? And being able to look back on those journals or sometimes I even love doing that in the Facebook memories that they have, like the on this day part and just see what I was posting about five years ago and be like, oh, you were so cute. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah that that those um memories they are they they are cute to look back at. I agree with you on that.
1: Yeah. So, and it's just like another way to let yourself see how far you've come. So I love that that's a habit that you have. I think that's really powerful.
0: You know, and one of the things obviously around all this is self-care. And I and I really do believe that self-care takes the back burner. A lot of times when it comes to, you know, our drive and our ambition to, to do things, whether it's to build a business or, you know, whatever it may be. And I was talking to someone recently about, and I asked them how they show up in their lives. And they didn't know what I was talking about. When I say show up in, in my life, or I, when I use that phrase, I'm talking about, for me, it means being present. It's being in integrity. It's being of service. You know, it's being seen. So can you talk a little bit about how showing up in our life is so important to self-care?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you, you tie those two together, showing up in your life and self-care. Because so often I think... When when people hear self care, they think of you know manicures and spa days and and vacations and those are all you know very awesome and important parts of self care of course, um, but it's it goes so much deeper than that you know it's identifying what actions and and what what movements really bring you into the forefront of your own life like if you know that you are at your best and most focused and most calm after you do a 10-minute meditation then that's a crucial piece of self-care for yourself to show up more fully in your own life you know there's that there's and i I call it that we talk about this in some of my groups as well and you know the sexy side of self-care is those like pampering days and all of that but there's a not so sexy side of self care, which is, you know, doing the dishes and making sure that you're paying your bills and like all those things that we don't necessarily want to do, but help us live a more on purpose and in the moment life. Because when we avoid that, like not so sexy side of things, it actually takes us out of the present because there's just this constant low lying anxiety in the back of our mind When we're avoiding, you know, making those phone calls or or doing those things. And in order to be, you know, in integrity in the present moment in your body, we have to prioritize every level of making sure that we are cared for um, on every level of the pyramid from the basic stuff that we don't necessarily want to do all the way up to, you know, that, that massage that you schedule for yourself because you know that you just feel so good when it's done.
0: Stephanie, I am so glad that you mentioned the unsexy side of self-care. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, paying our bills and doing the dishes because all that is part of it, of living this, I'm going to say this whole life of who we are.
1: Absolutely. I
0: I hadn't thought of it in those terms of being the unsexy part, but I love that phrase because I'm not going to forget it now. So the next time I'm doing something, I'm going to say, Stephanie said this.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it. And it is, you know, it's not the side that anybody wants to talk about, but it's just as necessary as making, like allowing yourself to take a nap or (laughs) taking yourself out to dinner, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, at the beginning of our conversation, you were talking about the good girl. So I... I want to talk about that a little bit more about the mask of the good girl, you know, and you talked about that a little bit, but, you know, she's the one that goes out of her way to let people know how nice she is, how good she is. She's a lady. She follows the rules, people pleasing. And believe me, I've done all this. So that's, I can talk about this and with, from my own experiences, but I think at the, at the core Underneath all that, the good girl, and I'm using air quotes here, that mask, is she's fearing her own messy life. So in your work, can you talk a little bit about the connection between being the good girl and playing small?
1: Absolutely. And and I love that you said about, you know, the, the, the messy life part. Because as that, you know, that that projected image of the good girl that's just put on women, you know, (laughs) everywhere, um, there's this idea of like, okay, well, you've got it together. And, you know, even starting from when we're small, it's girls aren't supposed to get dirty. Girls aren't supposed, you know, make sure your room is clean and you're wearing pretty dresses and you're doing, you know, just all of the, like, gender stereotypes, like, feed into this so intensely. And... And we are taught like not to be as rambunctious as boys, not to, you know, speak when you're spoken to all of these things. And and it may have shifted a little bit in the last hundred years or so, thank God, where women are able to be, you know, a little freer now than we used to be. But there's still a lot of things that are sort of working against us. I mean, you mm-hmm. look in the news every day and, and there's, there's lawmakers over what we're allowed to do you know, with our bodies. And I'm not looking to dive into a political conversation here, but it's something that we face all the time. And, you know, when it comes to identifying that, that the, the good girl complex and, and everything, we really have to take a good hard look at, so I call it the not this feeling. Um, like there's sometimes when something feels right, and you know it, and you want to run with it. But a lot of times, there's this very subtle sort of like it's almost like a heartbeat going, not this, not this, not this, about something in our life that we've done because of the good girl complex. So, for example, I bought my house um, by myself at 25 in my old career that I've since left, <laughs> and I did that because I thought it was what I was supposed to do. And you know, don't get me wrong; it was a huge blessing. I love my home. We've made some great memories here. But if I was really being true and authentic to myself back then and living as my inner bad bitch and not underneath the the good girl complex, I never would have bought this house. I never would have pursued certain things that I did then because I thought that that was what I should be doing. And so that not this feeling can be very telling for us because sometimes it starts really quiet and then it gets louder and louder and louder with like sort of to start recognizing that discomfort level. Like where are you uncomfortable in your life and in your relationships and in, in each of these situations? And a lot of that discomfort comes from the conditioning that we've received in order to be that good girl and how we've tried to fit ourselves into that box and into that mold when our true authentic self who's living in integrity with, with who we really are does not want to fit in that. And that's when the not this heartbeat sort of comes in underneath. And I think I diverted a little bit from your initial question, but that's what came to mind there. So
0: no, that's perfect. And I love that not this heartbeat, you know, because you're right, we can sometimes do things because we think we're supposed to. But in the background, our heart is saying, our heart really is saying, don't do this. Yeah. You know, and, and it's it could, about, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, and it, it can be uh, just very small and it just keeps getting louder and louder and louder. And yeah. believe me, I've, I've ignored that, that heartbeat. I've ignored that intuition. I've ignored that piece of me many times in the past. And I've gotten much better at, at really listening to myself, being self-aware, <laughs> Yep, <laughs> of, of what what is right for me.
1: Yeah, and it, it does. It takes starting to be able to notice, um, you know, notice those those pieces of yourself and start to listen to that feeling. And we may not honor it right away because it's again, you know, tying back into the conversation we had before, where it's scary sometimes to really be able to step out of our comfort zone. It is scary to realize oh my God, everything that I'm trying to build, everything that I thought I wanted was something that I was told I should want and not what my soul actually wants. And it is so hard to think about taking the steps to follow that. So if if you're listening to this and there may be a little something that's being triggered in your brain as you're hearing this conversation, give yourself so much love and so much grace because what you have to remember is that at every single point in your life, you have been doing the best that you could do with what you had. Even if you knew better in the moment, maybe even if, but you know what? Every version of past you was trying to take care of you to the best of her ability right there. So me going to grad school and getting this job that ended up not being the right fit for me and, and buying this house and having that not really be the right fit either. She was trying to do the best that she thought we needed and you can't know better until you know better, and so really, just giving yourself a lot of love, a lot of grace, and whatever tiny baby step that you can start to make to alleviate that discomfort for yourself is perfect. Even just acknowledging it sometimes is the biggest, hardest first step.
0: I love that you. I love that you talked about giving ourselves grace when we make decisions or we have made decisions in the past. About it, just trying to protect us at that time. Yeah. So, the world is our mirror and it gives back to us what we think and we feel that we're worthy of receiving. So, what are some of the shifts? And now you have talked about this a little bit during our conversation, but what are some of the shifts a woman needs to make in her thinking, in her mindset? for her to see herself as worthy of living a life on purpose?
1: That is such a beautiful question. I'm so happy you're having these conversations on your podcast. I think this is so powerful. Uh, You know, it has to start with loving yourself. And that sounds like the like Hallmark card answer. I know, but it's actually so true because we can't make any shifts into the life that we want to have into personal growth or um healing anything if we're just hating ourselves the entire time mm-hmm. um you cannot hate yourself into action or into a better life and so it has to start with you know and i think this is all tied into the conversations we've had about building that awareness and starting to pay attention and listen um and doing so as that curious observer instead of someone who's standing there with a baseball bat ready to beat yourself up for every realization and every thought that you're having. It has to start at the core with loving yourself and learning that you are worthy. And this takes a hot minute. I'm not saying you're going to learn this one overnight because it's something that took me a couple of years to really learn. But that you are worthy of love and personal growth and all of the things that you desire worthy of self-care, of being at the center of your own life without ever having a qualifying event to bring yourself there. You don't have to earn it. You just are. And the more that you lean into giving yourself unconditional love, the easier it's going to be to accept that truth.
0: I'm reading Mary Magdalene Revealed right now, and. There's um, to the part in the in the book that's where she talks about the author um, talks about it's knowing we don't have to earn or prove that we are worthy of love. We are love. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely, and you know this is these are important conversations, and so many women never have the opportunity to hear this from from another woman, from themselves, from the people in their life. And so I'm so glad that this conversation is getting out there, I know on your platform so that every because I want every woman to hear this. And and it's so important, you know,
0: can you give our listeners like three practical strategies to help them reconnect with themselves during a new moon? And the reason I was asking that is the new moon is um, June 10th This this month, right? June yep. 10th. Yes. And that's the day I plan to release this episode. Perfect. <laughs> so I thought, let's go there. Absolutely. Um, so it was
1: three three tips for, um, to, like, can you just repeat your question for me?
0: Sure. Yeah. Just like three practical strategies to help them reconnect, you know, with themselves during a new moon.
1: Absolutely. Um, I love that you asked because I am obsessed with the moon. Um, personally, I love working with the moon energy, um, and I do think new moons are a really powerful time for self-reflection. It's it's more of a a internal sort of energy and retreating into yourself. So definitely, a couple strategies. Personally, what I do on the full moon, full moon, sorry, on the new moon every month is I, I meditate and spend some time with myself and. For those listening, if you do not have a current meditation practice or you've tried in the past, just know there's no wrong way to do this. I learned how to meditate actually while running um, because I couldn't sit still for long periods of time. Um, I have a client who meditates while she folds her laundry at five o'clock in the morning and it just works for her. So, finding however way works for you to meditate and be able to just sit and and spend some quiet time with yourself is going to be really, really crucial. So, um, meditation getting outside if you can. Luckily, even for those of us in the the colder parts of the world are heading into the nicer weather. So hopefully you'll be able to get outside. Grounding is so important. And I could do an entire podcast episode just on this conversation right here. But allowing yourself to go outside and um, get your bare feet on the earth if you can, and just be present, standing there in your own body, you know taking slow deep breaths being outside is a super super powerful strategy to start to get into your body a little bit more for a lot of women you know with the good girl complex with all the things that we've been talking about we've been constantly throwing our awareness out of our body for a lot of our lives and you know that's a, a big issue and it's it can be a little uncomfortable to try to shift your focus to come back in But being outside is really powerful, allowing yourself to be there. And then journaling. You know, we've already talked about the power of journaling um, in our conversation a little bit today, but it is, it's such an awesome self-reflective time to, you know, if you like to free journal, great. If you're feeling stuck, just Google, literally just journaling prompts, or you could do numerous journaling prompts, or uh, you can find these anywhere. And whichever one resonates with you, decide to sit down and spend a little bit of time on that. So those are my top three sort of new moon activities that um, are usually really powerful and can lead to a lot of self-awareness.
0: Thank you for going over those. And then my last question, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her about the season of life you're in right now? The
1: season of life at 18 or the season of life in this moment here?
0: Um, You choose which way you would like to go.
1: Um, I think actually I would choose the moment right now because um, I was in hell at 18 and just living hardcore in that good girl complex and they're rife with anxiety and, and so many things. And I think what I'd let her know is that it gets so much better. It gets to be better than we ever imagined. And no matter what, you believe about yourself, you know, again, going back to we just talked about this, but you are so worthy, without ever having to achieve anything in order to be so.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. Stephanie, the time has flown by. I have loved this conversation so much. But can you give our listeners, um, your website, your social media, how they can connect with you? Absolutely. Um, I'm
1: on Facebook and Instagram and my name is Stephanie Laura Burse. Um, my website is up leveling unapologetically.com all one word. Um, I have a free community on Facebook by the same name that you can find me in there as well. And I would love to connect with any of you on, on any of these platforms.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. This was fantastic.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.